I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right. Welcome to 22 Minutes to Having It All. Now, this is a really fascinating conversation with Andrew Shaw. Now, he is the founder of Mental Mastery Virtual Reality. And this podcast episode goes way deeper than I think you'll ever realize. So a lot of messages come through this that our emotion is actually a state of being at a very high level. And Andrew goes through three layers of our um, identity, which is level one of consciousness, level two of, of our psych side, which is the experience, and level three, which is the physical awareness. And so a lot of talk about energy fields and really how it connects to you as an entrepreneur as you're listening to this. There is such knowledge and intellect that is shared on this um, on this particular episode. And so we, we really, really dig deep into it. We talk about how to qualify other people's energy so that there's guaranteed synergy, which removes resistance. So if all of this is interesting, you are going to want to listen to this maybe multiple times in addition to passing it on to other people who you know can find value. And that would be a gift. So one of the key statements made is once you understand that there's an energetic key to walk through, that will open up doors. And so you will t- you will hear through this episode how Andrew Shaw, who is developing this virtual reality, which the Oculus component to mental health and how it connects the dots in a very large way. So listen in, enjoy the episode, and please give us a comment in the show notes, leave us a review, and then make sure that you tell your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Minutes to Having It All. We have Andrew Shaw with us, and he is the founder of Mental Mastery VR, which for those of you that don't know, and can you share with our audience, Andrew, what Mental Mastery is? Right. So we're really building a program that is the next level of uh, education for the mental health and the self-development space, right? So with Mental Mastery, we're really using immersive technology like VR to combine the moment, find the moment where a piece of transformative information matches with an actual visual that accompanies that, right? So that when the individual takes off the headset, they can find that pattern, they can have that recognition, and they can uh, actually step into the information and have it be triggered. Because we read so many books, we read, watch so many self-development movies or things on YouTube, for example, but being able to actually see the environment changing around you while the audio is going, while you're learning, while you're actually being able to uh, be transformed is incredibly powerful. So what mental mastery is, it's you can think of it as like a immersive headspace 
or an immersive calm. But our main mission is just to give people the tools to access the happiness that's all around them, right? Give people the tools to move through life um, in a way that's not stressful, right? And to be able to navigate reality enjoyably, right? Uh, the education system does, has creates such a massive gap in the, some of the most important skills that we have, right? Like imagination, visioning, communication skills, relationship skills. How do you build an asset? How do you not internalize the external feedback of other people? Uh, just all the basic things that are taught in school. And so we put those all into one course and I think it's really the future of how, you know, a lot of these educational programs will be, you know, just how we hand down the classic books of our time. Maybe you read Think and Go Rich or How to Win Friends and Influence People. You know, in the near future, we'll be passing down these virtual immersive programs, just like we did the classic books of our time. So that's what we're trying to do. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun so far. Excellent. Okay. So why virtual reality, Andrew? I mean, so what I'm hearing you say, there's, there's an experience that's provided with perhaps the books or the learning that we have, but why virtual reality? What is it about that and where we are today? Like describe why you've picked that space specifically. Yeah, it's really emerging at the moment. I actually started this many, many years ago, about six or seven years ago. And that's when you, back when you needed a three thousand or $2,000, $1,500 laptop with a GPU just to be able to even run some of this VR software, right? You needed a really high-end graphics processing unit. But now with things like the Oculus Quest 2 and these wearable headsets, you know, it's really, it's really here in a way that there's critical mass in the marketplace, right? And there's accessibility to this technology now. And, you know, with the release of the next, uh, the next Apple headset here coming in the next year and other things that Oculus is doing and Google is doing. I mean, we're really going to see these things uh, everywhere soon. So just trying to take advantage of a really interesting and powerful piece of technology that's, you know, making its way all over the place. So you're combining learning and mental health space, like connect those dots for us because they're both very, very important, but why have you selected, you know, just outside of learning? Why is the mental health position on this so important? Yeah, using virtual immersive technology is really important on the mental health side because we can what we can actually do is kind of de-stimulate the individual, right? So we can actually mesh that moment where the information meets the visual. So an example of that is if you want to learn to not externalize the external feedback of other, we have you standing in front of a city with thousands of different people and you're, you're asked to make an expressive statement about yourself, right? And you might say, I love cooking with my mom and her cat, right? And everybody in the audience, some people turn red, some people turn yellow, some people turn green, right? So red is high, low relatedness and agreeableness. Green is high relatedness and agreeableness and yellow is neutral. So this is a 10 minute module condensed into, into just a couple of seconds here. But what we're really trying to do is have people have the objective tools to, so when they take off the heads, they can find that pattern, right? And to realize that there isn't anything significant about the person in front of you at the time. Rather, it's just one of those billions of color combinations, right? So we use the environment along with self-development and mental health techniques to kind of really burn the knowledge into a person's brain so that when they take off the headset and maybe they do get into a social interaction or maybe they do start talking to somebody, then from there, I mean, they can find that pattern. They're like, oh, right. I remember this from the module, right? There's that connection between the visual side of things and the audio side of things, right? So that's what we're doing. Mm, powerful. Powerful. So let's let's go into the conversation of, of having it all because I think that's such an important message. And this is the thing that we want to talk about um, that our guests come to. So can you share what having it all means to you, Andrew, as an entrepreneur? Wow, that's a great question. I'd say having it all is at the end of the day. I mean, that's that's a really powerful question. I would have to say that it's having high quality emotions and having a high quality state of being. 
you know, because there's so many, you know, I've been in this situations before where I've been had a lot of material successes and, you know, done things that I needed to do in the business realm, right? But it's really easy to be successful in the world and make money and, and have profit, but not be happy. So, I mean, having it all would really just be able to be about tapping into the peace that's with inside of you and being able to tap into a state of awareness where you don't necessarily need to have an identity, but you can kind of tap into the nature of your, of your essence and the nature of your being. Right. And I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, so we define it as balance between both inner and outer fulfillment, which is spot on. And obviously you're relating to that as well. I've also coined it as peaceful achievement, right? So it's achievement, but in the most peaceful way, like we're present, we're not overthinking it. We're not, you know, right. beating ourselves up for what's happened. So like right here in that space, which you also talk about, you know, that state of being at a high level, um, how can, like, where have you found times in your experiences that you've had peaceful achievement or balance of both inner and outer fulfillment, Andrew? Yeah, I, I, I'm really striving to get to a point where those both exist simultaneously, right? That these moments of like, oh, there's that, uh, the convergence and that coherence between peaceful achievement and you know doing something and you do something and then the other thing follows, but being able to create from a place of happiness, the best products, the best services, the best companies, the happiest employees, they're already happy. They're already coming from that place. So for me, it's not about going out and building a product and service and having this aha moment where like, ah, wow, coherence is all this place. Coherence is something that we can wake up and start with, right? A lot of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, we talked about this, I've talked about this before, is so much of your identity is staked in your product, right? But your identity should be a part of your product or service or business, but it should not be your service. And that really steps into the whole idea that we are not our thoughts, right? We're this subtle essence of consciousness, pure awareness that can wash those thoughts go by, right? And that energy has been with us since the day we were born, right? You can think any thought, you can get into any situation of reality and a different unique emotion and feeling will follow that as well, right? So if you have a practice to be one, that can be there's a lot of different ways to do that. And not it's not always through meditation, right? But being able to tap, spend time throughout the day, very focused in trying to really tap into the abstract field of energy that's within your body, the lifeness that's in your body that doesn't have personality, that doesn't manifest as thoughts, but just the life that's in your body. If you could start out in the morning every day, tapping into the lifeness that's in your body and the awareness that's in your body. All the rest, as far as going out and having work-life balance, all that other stuff will follow. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, like inner and outer, right? I mean, I think it 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 does. It has to strike the balance. I don't think anybody has ever really truly found the balance. I personally don't think it exists. But the awareness right. of really understanding, you know, the four pillars of inner fulfillment in the way that relate is, you know, contentment and peace, meaning and confidence. Um, how do you relate personally to contentment or peace, meaning or confidence, Andrew? Well, that's really interesting that you say that that you have the the belief that inner balance doesn't exist or that total balance doesn't exist, right? It's something that you're asymptotically approaching, asymptotically approaching. And that's kind of an interesting concept of, you know, a lot of traditions where they talk about enlightenment, right? But enlightenment isn't this, you know, there's so much hype and woo-woo around it, but it's not this magical state where you start floating and then you can go into any situation and not feel sadness or not feel pain or not feel anything else. It's actually quite the opposite. I mean, being in that state, enlightenment is about the context in which you do receive suffering, the context in which you do receive pain, right? And at the highest level, you're actually not deflecting the pain. You're actually not trying to live a life without pain or no suffering or no sadness or no lack of balance. But when that lack of balance or that suffering or that negative emotion comes in, you can honor and fully be with it, right? And that recognition of, of being with that energy 
as opposed to reacting to it again and again for months, days, weeks, or years. That's really the process. I don't think anybody's saying with a lot of these principles, hey, you can just you know, get to level 100 and then it's over. You like walk through this curtain and you're done, right? Right, right. Uh, just the nature of the world we live in where all the, all the chaos and the polarity of you know, negativity and positivity, you know, how those, all those things are mixing and mashing together. It's inescapable. I mean, if the field of energy you live in is by nature inherently off balance, then yes, we can strive for balance, but it takes work to move into balance because our environment is naturally out of balance, especially in cities, especially in areas where you're, you know, in a, a state of energy where it's all created by the human mind, everything created around you, the house, the advertising, the cars, the streets, it's all of the mind. Right. And that's not as pure as the balance of nature. So, I mean, I think, you know, if you live, you do live in nature and you spend more time in nature, you can become aligned a little bit quicker and easier, but as, as a relationship to peace and contentment, I mean, yeah, it's just always trying to get to a higher percentage of your day of being aware versus not aware. And that's really the barometer that I kind of use to say, hey, how much peace am I living with in my life? How much contentment do I have in my life? Reviewing the day, you know, with the journal and being able to look back and say, hey, this is where I lost my peace. And this is why it happened. And being able to do that every single day will eventually really help you out a lot. Well, it'll, you know? it'll lead to mastery. But here's another thing I love hearing you say too, though. So you have a really great awareness, Andrew, on a lot of these things, like the inner depth of being, right? That's what I'm, I'm hearing and, and, and getting to know you. That's really, truly the case. How can you give advice or assist others that you're, they're hearing you speak that truth? How would you recommend someone else tap into it outside of just truly choosing it is what I'm hearing you do? Well, there's, there's knowledge through intellect, right? And then there's knowledge through experience. And those two often can get really screwed up. I mean, you can get into a state state of peace by accessing the proper knowledge and you can get into a state of proper state of peace by doing a practice like meditation, et cetera. I'd say the most important thing is to really recognize your nature, right? On an int- first starting from an intellectual level, and then we can talk about on the experiential level. But on an intellectual level, once you ex- uh, realize the nature of who you are is not, it goes so far beyond what you're doing, what your identity is, what your psyche is, who you're involved with. And if you can tap the power beneath that, that's what's really important. So if you look at a seed, right? Imagine an apple seed falls off. I didn't know this until about six months ago, actually. But an apple seed, it's not dead. You sure it has the information and the genetics inside of it. When that seed falls into the ground, some magic process doesn't happen where, you know, the information of the seed, genetic information of the seed hits the water, hits the ground. All of a sudden, consciousness and electromagnetic energy brews and it becomes enlivened. It becomes illuminated, right? It becomes animated. So I learned that the seed actually is alive. The seed has electromagnetic energy inside of it, right? It has a field of awareness. So if you really want to tap into who you are on an intellectual level, think about the past. Look at all. Sometime, you know, when you're not listening to this or you're, you're on YouTube on Google, you have some time to yourself. Go look at photos of people from the 1800s or the earliest photos you can. You know, you can see the animated life behind their eyes. You can see the personality behind them. You can see that consciousness behind there, right? And so the whole idea of this is that consciousness is recreating itself again and again and again and again and again, different through different manifestations, the same base field of pure awareness that's within me is the same as you. And it's our genetics that are being animated by the consciousness, right? If you just throw, you know, that seed into a thing with no life, it would, it would die. Right. So when you realize this gets a little bit woo woo and a little bit metaphysical here, but you imagine yourself, we used to be the size of a pinprick. You used to be the size of a dot when that sperm and the egg and that energy 
matched together and you came out and you started ingesting the earth and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, that energy has been passing itself on for a very long time. So once you realize that you are the result of thousands and thousands and thousands of generations, depending on your, your, your beliefs on evolution, all these different things, but just on an observational level, you can see this. This isn't, you know, metaphysical. I mean, you look at your parents, 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 you've been being passed on through this physical world for a very, very, very long time. Right. And so the way I like to describe this is there's three levels. Imagine that level one is that, that conscious field, that field of energy, right? That's the same in you and me. Imagine that as a white light. That's, that's level one. And level two is your psyche and your mind and your experiences and your behaviors and your preferences, all those things that are within all the criteria and qualities of the mind, your experiences and all those different things. That's level two. And then level three is the physical world, right? So that's all the things that are happening around us, right? Like, you know, not to be morbid, but if someone shot me right now, the room probably wouldn't disappear. There is a physical world of energy that is moving around that's beyond our control, right? So level three of the physical world and level two of the mind, those things are always dancing. They're inseparable, right? As long as you're in a physical body, you're, they're dancing back and forth and twisting and turning and relating to each other, whatever it is, right? So level two of your mind, you can think of as pieces of glass, right? All your personality characteristics, your preferences, your history, your background, those are all little pieces of glass. So when level three, which is really mostly light and touch, when level three shines through level two, level two of glass, it distorts it and then goes into the perceiver, right? That field of awareness, that thing that tastes, that smells, that has a personality that can have an experience, that field of awareness, right? Then receives that, right? So we're distorting all those levels until level one, right? But most people in their life, they spend time in level two. The only way that they exist, the only way that uh, they can live in the world is if they have an external identity, right? As an entrepreneur or a business person, you rearrange the physical world in a way that matches your goal and bang, success, right? So, so much of our identity gets tied to our career and our work that we lose touch with the, the stable, static, peaceful identity that's always within you. Right. We totally lose track of that because we don't spend time there. There are, you know, you can't make money doing that. Right. And so finding a practice for whether that's through art or through meditation or through running, being able to tap into the liveness, right? That pure field awareness that's beneath level two, that's beneath the mind, that's powering level two, that's what's allowing level two to exist. Doing that uh, on a daily basis, you know, in different ways will make it so when you do fail in the real world, which you will, right? You will screw up your business, you will do XYZ that you'll have something to fall back on. Because if your whole identity and your whole uh, state of experience is all based off of your work, as soon as something goes wrong with your work, that's why we have people jumping off buildings and killing themselves. Because they're like, who am I? What am I, right? So if you can build a state of self that exists through uh, uh, physical activities or your relationships, uh, just really being balanced, right? Uh, having lots of different things so that when that thing that you're focused on goes away, that you can fall back onto energetically, right? The, the self that you are with your friends, right? The self that you are maybe in your spiritual practice, maybe the self that you experience uh, when you're doing a hobby or a career, right? So not, not putting all your eggs in one basket as so many entrepreneurs like to do, right? It's like 90 hours a week, we're doing one goal, we're going to grind, we're going to do all these things. And that's, that can be useful at times every once in a while. But if you don't have a balanced lifestyle, you're not going to be able to experientially know that that state exists within you. It's just going to be something that some guy, you know, said on a podcast. Oh, yeah, I know I'm more than my thoughts and blah, blah, blah. But until you experience that and you practice that, 
you won't get the benefits. So two things here, Andrew, and I, I love it. I love the expertise that you have in this space. Okay. Number one, um, like I'm hearing, you know, as I said, one of the pillars of inner fulfillment is meaning defined as, you know, how important, like our importance as a person and then the love that we have as a person, both inward and outward. Um, so it's really the depth of what you're describing here is this like kind of that true, that meaning component. But what has allowed you, Andrew, to really be so rich in knowledge? What experiences you have you had personally that have allowed for this to just shine through and to give you the, um, just the curiosity to figure this out or immerse yeah, yourself, I, you know, in the it knowledge? All started, it all started. It all started when my, you know, I was 17 years old. I was having a lot of trouble, struggles in high school. And my uncle Jack, you know, he was always kind of the meditation guy. And, you know, from age, you know, zero to 17, you know, he never really pushed it on us. He never really said anything about it. He never said, hey, do this, do this, do this. But, you know, he found out that I was struggling. He said, hey, you know, during Thanksgiving, he said, hey, let's go down to the basement and I want to show you, show you technique. And the first time I did, you know, it's a very difficult thing, especially mantra-based meditation where it's not guided. But the first time I did it, I dropped into my body. There was no no sense of self. I didn't feel, I, I felt endless. I felt like I was being hugged in this wrapped in, in this infinite warm blanket of, of love. And there was no time. There was no space. There was not, I had actually the elevator effect. I felt like I was falling down. I felt totally weightless. And after that experience, I was, wow, there's so much more beyond who I think I am, right? That feels so much more true and feels so much more real and feels like it has so much more depth. And how can that exist, right? How can, how can there be a state beneath me that when you let go of trying to be a person or having your own uh, uh, agendas, that when that's all gone, that there's this incredible state beneath you, right? And so how I was described to it is that there's this, uh, imagine your, your consciousness is a big ball of light, bright burning light. It's always been burning. It's been burning in you. It's been uh, inside of you since you were born. But when we get into the mind, every time you get into the mind, even if it's a positive thought, right? Even if it's something that's really happy and good, that can't be brighter and more fulfilling than being in that state. That's, that's what the theory is, right? And so when you are in your mind, you're taking little pieces of tape and you're covering it, covering that light, right? You're creating disturbance in the water. Imagine your, your soul or your, or your being or your, or your consciousness is this, is this crystal clear lake that's totally flat, no ripples, right? And that's that state of peace, right? Any disturbance on that, those things create ripples and creates, you know, distraction and creates friction and all those different things. So for me, it really just started with experiencing a taste, a flash of, of that state of being. And it felt more true and more real than, you know, anything else that I had experienced at that age. So that, that's really what sparked the journey. Oh my God. I absolutely love that. So here's another thing too. Who in your circle of influence nurtures this within you because this is you know andrew you're at such a level of conversation around this specific topic who are you immersing yourself with or around that can nurture this to ensure that it stays on point or you know there's there's got to be because there's so much depth to what you're saying here okay Take us there for a minute as people are listening to this because they're they're going to be curious. And I really want them to have an outcome of understanding that this isn't just talk. There's a clear action that can be happening here. Right. So I have a really good friend named Morley, and he's a monk that I met at an ashram in Costa Rica called Maduvan. Really great place. They practice bhakti yoga there. And um, so I, I, 
actually stayed in a lot of different ashrams all over the world. And so a lot of my friends are involved in the space, right? A lot of the people in the self-development space, you attract them because after a while you go, you go down the path into the, the metaphysic zone, you know, far enough. And pretty soon, you know, all your friends are kind of into the same thing. It's kind of hard to not be on the, on the same, have those same interests, right? Because it's, you know, really exciting to talk about. Um, it's really important to find people who you feel can not just, not just, you know, on paper, but you really feel like you can trust them. You really feel like they're at a different place than you and having mentorship, right? Uh, having people who have been, you know, practicing or pushing themselves or growing at high levels, you know, you need, you need people who have walked the path before, because especially in spirituality and trying to learn to control your awareness and your mind and all these sort of things, there's a lot of traps that can happen. There are a lot of things that can pop up um, when you're on a spiritual path that can seem like you're making progress but you're not, or can turn into, you know, self-sabotage, or you can have spiritual ego, or you can start detaching because you think, oh, well, I'm just saying, and I don't need to do anything. And so there's so many different traps, but it's really important to find some, somebody that um, has walked the path before, and you feel like is more advanced than you, right? Not necessarily a better person than you or this or that, but you can see it in their character, right? Look at people's character, look at their energy. You can move your lips as much as you want, but people's energy cannot lie over time. They can hold it maybe for a little bit, but if you pay attention to somebody and you notice them acting with character, you notice them, that peacefulness inside of them, you, you feel that you can use your intuition. You don't have to go through this intellectual process of this is why I should be with this person. Feel, feel yourself expanding, right? Tap into creating that space for yourself when you meet somebody to say, okay, how does this person make me feel without my mind analyzing this person that, okay, they have a good job and they're, they have, you know, these likes on social media and they have a brand. And so by association with this brand, then I can be with this person really, you know, kind of try to look through all the smoke and feel the essence of that person. We're not taught how to do that right. really, uh, especially in our school system. The right answer is the answer that the teacher gives you. And so you can't answer a multiple choice question right. based off your intuition. I mean, you can, but you probably, you know, wouldn't make it through the SAT very well. Well, it's right? kind of false. So here's the thing too. Um, I really defined what the core desired feelings I have, right? Um, peaceful, energized, empowered, and loved. Those are the four core anchors of everything that I do. And then that's a concept that I teach all the clients I work with because they sense, you know, every interaction, there's peace, there's energy, there's, there's, you know, all of the energized and then the overall love, like that's just the whole being. But I think that's kind of what you're, that's how I'm relating to this, Andrew, is, you know, and that I made a choice in 2012 that that is where and who I want to be. And then I would line actions to be that certain way, right? So peaceful, if you feel eradicated in order for me to ground back to that, I just have to be present. I have to be here right now in conversation, not wandering or wandering everywhere else. And I think entrepreneurs, we get lost in the woods because I think we just are, we're creatives, right? We're, we're always doing something and, and think we need to be doing more of it. So as I'm describing that, Andrew, how are you relating to like my understanding of why I would even want to create core desired feelings and why I would map ap- actions to it? How do you relate yeah. to that? Yeah, that's really beautiful that you say that. I think that's something that, you know, I'm really trying to work on right now is having those cores, having that anchor, because, you know, if you don't have an anchor emotionally, you're just going to get blown all over the place, right? If you don't have that center of truth on an experiential level, you know, and this is the thing about entrepreneurship that's so tricky is that everybody wants to pitch their product. Everybody kind of has uh, not necessarily a hidden agenda, but they have an intention. They have something that they want to go into as an entrepreneur to, you know, get that sale or get that new person or get this branding deal or whatever it is. So it's kind of tough because... 
in normal socializing, you don't, you're not really supposed to go in with an intention, right? But in entrepreneurship, it's such a hard thing to do because you do need to have an intention. You do need things to get done, but you also need to be authentic, right? So there's this battle between this juxtaposition of, okay, I know I know what the narrative is in my mind and then I know where my energy is, right? But that's why I think the energy work is so important and critical as an entrepreneur, because even if you go back to think about a time in high school or college or when you were younger or less, or less developed, and this still happens to people of all ages, is if you're not centered, if you're not aligned with who you are, right? You're going to attract combinations of reality, people, places, things, business partners, girlfriends, whatever it is, based off of that unaligned place, right? Because everybody knows, can think of an example in their life where maybe they've changed who they are or elevated their personality or changed the way they look because they wanted to fit in with the group, whether that's due to attraction or due to, you know, clout from that person or whatever it is, right? So whenever you're altering your energy that goes outside of your nature as a person, everybody's energy is different, right? And that's something that needs to be built, that center, that relationship with that center. It's not like one day you find your center, right? That's something that takes time to cultivate after all the data you go through different, you know, relationships and, and just life, right? You find that area. But if you're not aligned energetically, then you're going to rope in all these different connections, right. right? That are a function of that energy, right? And so when you do want to become more aligned, all those things are pulling on you, right? They're like, imagine you're in a boat with 30 different fishing poles attached to them, right? And imagine those fishing lines are energetic lines. So if you're not a state of balance and you go cast out that energy, you go cast out that bait, you're going to be attracting those organisms. You're going to be attracting those fish that eat onto those, that eat onto those things. Right. And so we're always, all these energetic ties are being connected to us at all these moments and they're invisible a lot of the times. Right. So just because you look away from a fishing pole, that doesn't mean it's not connected to your, to your energetic body there. Right. Doesn't mean you're not going to get that text message from that person, all these different places and things. Right. So it's really important to be aligned with who you are and always be authentic because the people who are meant to stay will stay and the people who are meant to leave will leave. But if you're elevating your energy to a level that's not your authentic self, you're going to attract all these combinations and it's just going to be that much harder to realign because now you have to move through all those resistance. You have to break down all those relationships and um, that can be really imprisoning itself. You know, just being inauthentic for too long can put you in a prison, an energetic prison. And I love how I, I love the analogy of that, of the fishing lines. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And like I said, um, I understand too, my energy is my currency, right? That's something I coined many years ago because people do want those. They want to be peaceful, energized, empowered, and loved. And once I knew that that was a, you know, that currency exchange was happening, that's literally why people were lining up to work together because they wanted that sense of peace and, and love, like just the overall essence of, of walking that walk. And you're right. It has to be a level of integrity. And I've, I've stayed in that zone because it, it matters to me. It also goes back to your values, right? Your integrity. That's all that matters. I mean, that's, you know, if you're, whether you're trying to start, you know, a mental health company like I am or, you know, do something in the brick and mortar space, anything, the whole point of why you're trying to do that is because you want to feel good. Right. So you do all these things in the physical and at the end result, you're hoping that, you know, you'll feel elevated. Right. But doing that from a state of feeling elevated first. I mean, there's so many entrepreneurs who are very, you know, spending four years in Silicon Valley, three and a half years there, right in the heart of it. I mean, there's so many people who are just so shallow. There's no depth to them. And if you're creating from that place of emptiness, you know, at the highest, you know, this is going to, you know, get out into the woo woo zone again. But imagine your energy, the, the, the opportunities that you attract in the world can only exist based off of a high level of coherence and consistency within your emotions, right? So imagine that, you know, the universe wants to give you an opportunity, right? You want to build the biggest building in the world. 
and it's super complex and it's, you know, a, a, a modern marvel of engineering, right? If there's no foundation underneath that building, those higher levels, right? Those greater opportunities that involve complexity and cohesion and, and, and intelligence, those can't be built off of a foundation that's broken, right? So the highest levels, you know, in the, in the world and the best opportunities will come once you're a high quality person, once you have a state of consistent energy and connection with your body. Cause if you don't have the energy, you don't have that emotional foundation, you won't be able to attract or at least maintain the people you bring into your business. You won't be able to, you know, get to the next level, right? Cause you, you have to have that energetic foundation, right? And, um, I really do believe that the best opportunities come to people who have done that work or are trying to do that work, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you're in a state of chaos, how can you create something complex like this iPhone, right? You, there's so much, many states of focus and, and, and stableness that you need to be able to hold all these different ideas in your head at different times and how they relate together. But you can't even get into a state of mind where you can begin to imagine all these combinations and use your imagination if your nervous system's a disaster, right? So your energetic state does not support those states, the physical that you want. And that's a really interesting thing that a lot of people don't seem to think about is that there's two sides of everything. If you want to go build that building, you want to go do the thing. Sure, there's the physical action of actually picking up, you know, the the wood or this or that, whatever it is, right? But then there's also the energetic action, right? You need a certain energy. And a common example of this is going up to a girl. Imagine, you know, you know, you're a straight guy and you, you're interested in women, right? This could be go for, you know, any sexuality, any, you know, anything, right? And you want to go up to the girl. The actual act of walking up to that girl, it's easy. Hey, go walk across the room. No problem. Go walk across the room to this person and say something. Okay. So if that energy is not there, if that peace isn't there, if that doesn't have to be necessarily peaceful, you could be nervous, right? But if you're in a total state of fear, that combination of reality is locked to you. And once you realize that, that connection between energy and combinations of reality, this is a, you know, I know the, the, uh, Hawks is only 22 minutes, but I really want to get this in. And that's imagine you have a room full of children. Right. And the teacher goes and tapes $10 on the ceiling. It says, everybody go get it. Right. All the kids with a lot of love and self-confidence and whatever it is, they're just going to run up and grab it. Right. There's no resistance. But the kids who wouldn't normally even volunteer during class or might have a low self-esteem or might not believe in themselves or might be paranoid about other people think they're not going to, they're just going to be, they're just going to be sitting there. Right. And so to realize that to all those students, there's literally a combination of reality in front of them that would be beneficial to them. That would be a growth moment for them. But that combination of reality is blocked due to the energetic state, right? So all around us, like in this room right now, I could move this computer, I could you know, punch a hole in a wall, I could do all these different things. There's endless combinations of how we can interact with reality, right? So there's infinite doors that are possible that we can walk through. But what we realize is that a lot of those doors require an energetic key to move through, right? And so to that kid who you can get them into a state where they understand who they are, they understand their nature, they know how to be confident, they're not in a state of fear, then they become more powerful because all of a sudden the net number of combinations, right? The net number of doors that they can open, all of a sudden, a lot of those doors start opening and you can start creating more, right? I mean, being that kid who didn't get up, that's like being a, a chef in a kitchen of life and you only have a couple of ingredients, right? You can't combine all these different states of reality together, right? So on that energetic level, once you get your spiritual currency going, once you get your energetic currency going, then you become more powerful because now you're in alignment with creation, right? The creative energies we came here to create and to make new things, right? But you can't do that in a state of fear. So. Oh my God. I, 
Andrew, I could talk to you forever. This is my jam. Like, I mean, these types of things, you know, because, you know, we, I, I qualify our clients um, based on the synergy we have because it has to be. And that's what kind of what you're speaking to. I'm putting it at a ground level because there's a, you know, a, a partnership or, you know, that has to happen in order for me to help them move a needle. I need to be aligned at a synergy right. level and connectivity level. And that's why it's so important to work and stay in my space. Like, you know, just to validate somebody who's listening to this, it's okay to say no to people who are not in your lane. Don't try to attract them is essentially, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, but the power there. I mean, Even if there's money involved. And that's right. the amazing thing as entrepreneurs is like people, especially, you know, I, I started a software development company once and we were making uh, software for their clients. And one of my older mentors, you know, because we had some issues with our people, you know, just sometimes people are crazy. And my mentor said, Andrew, once you realize that this world has more resources, more money, more anything that you could ever imagine, right? You don't need to worry about doing business with people you don't want to do business about. And a lot of times, a lot of things that people, mistakes that people make when they're just starting out and they don't have that success yet. And they they are in fire flight and they do need to pay the bills and they do need to just survive and, you know, just anything it takes. So there can be a fine line between sacrificing the energetic ties you have in business and doing what's necessary. But if you can avoid that, I mean, I'm not, not to say there are situations where, you know, depending on where you're at, that you need to do things with, you know, you can't always work with angels, right? But finding that fitness, finding that synchronicity is really important. And don't sacrifice that early on just because of a contract or because you can, you know, make a little bit of progress, right? Because it's going to bite you in the butt yeah. in the future. It becomes your norm well, by yourself. It does. It waters you down. And I, I, you know, and a lot of people, they water themselves down to meet somebody else's expectation and then wonder, you know, months, weeks, years later, like, why am I in that space is because right out of the gates, you allowed that. And so again, it's this sense of knowing, which I think is so powerful. So we do have to come to the close of this episode, Andrew, (laughs) just what are your closing words of anybody who's listening to this episode, based on the conversation we've had, what are your parting words for them today? Yeah, I'd say, wake up in the morning. And before you check your phone, before you do all these things, before you get wrapped up in your identity and what you did accomplish and where you're going and blah, 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 all these different things. uh, Something that's really powerful for me is just tapping into the liveness, you know, just be grateful for the fact that you have another day. You know, I broke my back recently and that's a whole story that really tapped me into my mortality and just think about just contemplate. And this isn't to say, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to have cancer. And all these bad things are going to happen, but really just feel your mortality, right? The clock is ticking. You cannot stop this clock. And so if you can tap into the fact that you have awareness in your body for another day that can put up with all the bullshit, that can even feel pain. The fact that we can feel pain is incredible. The fact that you can feel anything is incredible. So wake up and realize you have the foundation to feel and the foundation to exist. And if you can just be grateful for, you know, the life that's flowing through your body and start there, not just on an intellectual level, but on an experiential level and start building that emotional home every day so that when the craziness does happen, which it inevitably will, you don't fall from the sky, right? You can revert to a a familiar area that you've cultivated within yourself. Very powerful. Andrew Shaw, this is just an amazing episode. Thank you so much for your time and energy. You'll be able to find all these details of where to find and connect with Andrew in the show notes today. So again, thank you, Andrew. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released 
and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.